Hey, all you songbirds. Thanks for tuning in this week. You're back on Tail Feather. I'm Nick Crutchfield, your host. My guest this week is the one and the only Cecilia Rios Morieta. Uh, she is owner and creator of Jess. We'll get into that shortly in a few minutes. Uh, we've known each other for a really long time, and I'm really happy to have her on the show today. Uh, she's done some really cool stuff with a lot of different brands uh, that she has created, and I don't want to steal any thunder from her. So let's hand it over to Cecilia. Cecilia, if you don't mind, would you please introduce yourself to our flock out there? Welcome to Tail Feather. It's good to have you on. Thank you, Nick. It is so good to be on here with you. Um, yeah, so where do I start? Um, I'm originally from Mexico City, uh, born and raised, part-time part raised, I, I'd say. Um, grew up some, some part of my life in my early childhood. I grew up in California as well. And in 20, about in 2012, I launched my first brand, which was La Niña del Mezcal. And this was back in the day, you, I'm sure you remember when there was a cocktail renaissance, um, craft spirits were just like popping up everywhere. And prior to that, I, I had recently visited Oaxaca and just discovered this amazing world of craftsmanship and this story of the spirit that needed to be told. And that's really how my journey with spirits and in the world of beverage started. Um, I wanted to tell the story, so I just bottled up some mezcal and started sharing it with people. And that's how La Niña del Mezcal was born. And fast forward to that, I was in the industry for about eight years um, when in 2018, I decided that even though I loved what I did, I loved all the people that I met and everyone that I engaged with, and, and mezcal and drinking in general, um, alcohol was no longer for me. And, and that mm -hmm. was something that I had to come to terms with and just really accept that my relationship with alcohol was not healthy and that I could do much better. And, mm -hmm. and really, I wanted to be better. And, and the only thing that was holding me back was, was, was drinking. And, and so I quit drinking, um, discovered a whole new world beyond uh, the alcohol um, industry. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but really, I, I feel like beyond discovering a whole new world, I discovered a lot more about myself. And that was really what yeah. I loved. I, I fell in love with life again, and I fell in love with myself. And, and through that journey, I, I looking back on my experience, I realized that what I loved about mezcal and what I loved about drinking wasn't really just like the act of getting drunk and, and booze in, in general. It was more about what that represented and how that that was the vessel to bring people together, to tell stories, to, to, to really gather and, 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 and create things. And, and so I wanted mm -hmm. to bring that to life in the non-alcoholic space. And that's how jazz was born. That's amazing. And, um, I, I love that you identified that there was that, that magic sauce of forgive the pun of Mezcal bringing people together is a way of life, but why does it always have to be alcohol, right? Exactly. Like, I'm not against alcohol. This show is sponsored by Liars. We're powered by Liars, not alcoholic. Um, it is not our intention to take the bottles away from people. We want people to enjoy what they want, when they want, and how they want, right? Uh, but we yeah. want you to have better options when you choose not to drink. Um, exactly. And if you're all about the sober life, also very cool. But it's somewhere along the line, somebody made this decision that every communal experience had to have some sort of booze <laughs> tied to it. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Finally, somebody's hitting the pause button. 
and we can yeah. we can decide to do something different. And I, I love that uh, you you saw that opportunity and you are tackling it with Jess. I, I think it's very very cool. Uh, before we get into the questions today, can you tell the audience uh, we are now on video and uh, audio, so you can watch this on YouTube or you can get it on all your favorite podcast sites. Um, Will you tell the audience a little bit about Jess? And if I'm even saying that correctly, um, yeah, you are. I I know a little bit about it. I love mm-hmm. the color of it, um, but I want to I want to know a little bit more about Jess, and I, I'm sure that our listeners do too. Well, um, Jazz is you, you pronounced it correctly. Jazz is an alcohol-free beverage cocktail. Um, mm-hmm. We create cocktails that are inspired in traditional beverages. So in this case, our signature cocktail is the Paloma Libre. And um, mm-hmm. as you said, the color is is a very bright, hot pink. And it it really um, everything everything about it is 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 very mindfully crafted. We we like to think of um, of the of the cocktail experience as this 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 experience that someone created for you. Right. Like you go to a bar, someone makes a cocktail. There's a story behind it. The person who made it is telling you something about themselves as well, expressing themselves through it. And so jazz is really that it's it's a cocktail that people can drink. They can enjoy it. It's flavorful. It's bold. It, it, it's inspired. Our Paloma Libra is inspired in that mezcal heritage um, with notes of cinnamon, cardamom, a lot of um, botanicals that that reminisce of these traditional mezcals from Oaxaca. Um, all blended with all natural juices, natural grapefruit juice, natural lime, and and really just coming together to bring you that full cocktail experience. Um, the color, as you mm. as you mentioned, is inspired in Mexican pink, and 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 we mm. we love the pink because it really kind of brings that that boldness through, and and it it can yeah. it translates into the experience of of when you grab that cocktail, you're 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 identified to something that that you want to bring to every occasion, right? You want to be bold, you want to be free. And, and that's our slogan, be free is really just about being yourself and not having to, to drink alcohol at all times or at any time that you don't want to. Um, but you can still have fun, you can still bring your whole self to every occasion. I love Mezcal Pink and I love that you've chosen that for Jess and using botanicals and things that are natural, naturally occurring and that you're recreating those moments of mezcal sends the alcohol and being able to stick true to some of, actually, I guess it's a massive part of your, your culture, right? Like there's, it's culturally significant. I, I love that you've done that. Can't wait to see what, what you all come up with next. Um, I've invited you on this episode because you had built brands and you've, you've done it from, in my humblest of opinions, in very authentic manners. Uh, you've always been a person that stood to your integrity. Um, I've observed that from afar, and I've observed that from your products and what I've carried at my bars and sampled at other bars uh, in the past. Uh, for those of you watching, I used to run bars. That's part of part of my background. Um, so I'm bringing you on because I think that the listeners and, and viewers are going to be able to identify with some of the stuff that you're, you've gone through historically and are going through currently. And I believe heavily, God, I use that phrase a lot. I believe heavily that we can help each other just by talking. If there's one person out there that we've helped, then I'm happy. It doesn't have to be the masses. 
Uh, so I'm going to give you a scenario, and, and we'll, we'll walk through this together. Uh, something that might commonly happen out in the field, as they say. Uh, so we've built the business plan. We've identified our consumer bases. We talked with Amy Schmidt about that. We've constructed our team. We've talked with Josh Carlos about that. But it's not over, right? Like, you're not done at that point. Um, you've got inventory. We've talked about MVP. Uh, you've got your inventory. You've secured a distributor or two, maybe, uh, but you're nowhere near being done. So you've got to raise capital. you got to stay front of mind, and you've got to maybe do some trade shows. So those are the things we're going to talk about. So when we talk about securing a distributor uh, and raising capital, let's go to the distributor part first. What are some things that you look for? Uh, and I know this from one of my mastermind groups that I'm in. Uh, there are people that are building brands, and they're, they have a lot of trouble trying to figure out what distributor to look for and to mm-hmm. go with. Um, what do you look for in distributorships when you're when you're hunting for those? Yeah, that's a great question. And I love that you say you're not done. I don't think you're ever done, <laughs> to be no, honest. Every time so. we get a win, it's like more work. Yay. <laughs> um, but... But when we are thinking about distributors, um, I think one of the main things that I um, like to consider first is what, um, you know, you built your business plan, you already know, like, kind of like which markets you want to get to, right? So then, so then you mm-hmm. kind of have to go in and see what distributors are servicing that market. Um, and, and so the most important thing for me is what is the infrastructure that they have? Like, what is it that the distributor, aside from, um, being able to, to take your product and, and, and take it to somebody else, so like a retailer or a bar, um, do they have salespeople? Like, are there, how many people do they have on the ground? What are the kind of accounts that they currently have? And, and I think that's important because that will, first of all, like depending on like which accounts you're already serviced, um, it will really open the doors to a lot more if they have a mm-hmm. much broader reach than you have. Um, and then, I think, I think second, when thinking about distributors is the type of relationships that they have, you know, we're in an industry where word of mouth is very important and, and we yeah. talk to our customers, our clients, um, which, which are restaurateurs, bartenders, and they have the re- these relationships with their distributors. Right. And so mm-hmm. hearing about like, how do they deal with their, their distributors? Do they have good relationships with them? Are they constantly in communication with them? Are they, um, you know, like, are they staying on top of their orders or basically not, not really listening to them when they, when they need the product? Um, I think that's all very important to understand before you start that relationship. So we're in the non-op space now, right? So we classically and historically come from the alcohol space, uh, big alcohol and startup alcohol. Um, and at Liars, we've chosen to go with, uh, alcohol houses, right? Because they know how to talk mm-hmm. cocktails and know how to, to talk that, that lingo. Um, did you choose, are you choosing alcohol houses? Or are you choosing uh, more food service houses for Jess? We're actually, um, now that you, you were talking about this, um, starting this year, we're going to start to distribute with Boisson. Um, so Boisson oh, okay. right is on. a, um, they're basically one of the major players in the non-alcoholic industry. Um, mm-hmm. and they're, they're pretty new. So they're starting out, they're building their infrastructure. Um, but one yeah. of the reasons why we want to work with them is because they are, they, they understand the nature of the products that we are selling. 
right? And so we yeah. bring up um, alcohol distributors. We definitely consider them at the beginning and, you know, like coming from, from the alcohol industry, knowing how to work with these alcohol distributors, it was like our, our first stop, right? Like we're like, okay, we should probably go with, um, with a Southern or um, RNDC or one of these distributors that understand yeah. alcohol, we're alcohol adjacent, this is probably gonna be a good fit. Um, or the other route, like you said, the natural distributors, they have a lot more reach into big box, big box retailers. Um, they, but, but I, I feel like in between these two, there is a gap, right? Because we are yeah. alcohol adjacent. We're also falling under the natural product umbrella, but we are at the same time creating a brand new category. We are, right. we are, we are teaching not only consumers what adult non-alcoholic beverages are, but we're also educating the buyers at these retailers. We're talking to Whole Foods buyers, yeah. we're talking to Target, we're talking to um, people that don't know where these products are gonna fit. I feel like the first conversations that I had when we were pitching Jazz, it was like, well, where is this product gonna go? Like, what is, and even today I walk the halls of, I walk the aisles of, of Whole Foods and I'm looking for like, where would I see jazz here? Like, where are we gonna go? Are we gonna be in the fridge next to the athletic brewing? Are we gonna be in that aisle where like all the mixers are? Um, preferably, I wanna be in the fridge, but, <laughs> but yeah. we, have to, we have to create this education, right? And so um, yeah. the reason why I, I believe in Boisson and I believe in what they're doing is because they're, um, you know, like they're, they're, they have this idea of like bringing that education to the forefront of, of, of the of the sales of the distribution of the just creating the category yeah i think you you said the word education i think that's hyper important um we're, and i've said this in a, a past episode i'm sure uh we're in the 2020s right and if you think back 200 years to the 1820s we're looking at like the perfection of the the column still and for all you distillation mm -hmm. nerds here you go uh you've got the 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 patent still you've got the coffee still you've got all this new tech that's moving around europe all at the same time in this perfect storm which gave us better control of fractional alcohol right you can clean it up you can make it more pure the the, the i'm not going to get into the science of these things right now but i could go on forever on it what we saw was you had to create new categories because suddenly there was grain whiskey that you could blend a single malt to make blends. You could yeah. do all these other wonderful, different, weird gin started becoming cleaned up. Vodka was the, the vodka that we know today was born. And we're kind of in that same kind of gap 200 years later where the tech on non-alcoholic is improving constantly. Oh, yeah. And then you've got distributorships, and I, I got to think 200 years back to walking in, like I'm, I'm one of the Walker kids walking into somewhere, this is a new whiskey, and the shopkeeper being like, I don't want a new whiskey. Like, yeah, so I don't need a new nowadays, whiskey. Why would I want it? <laughs> yeah. It's like, what would I do with this? Little did you know. Um, so nowadays it's like, uh, we, we have to keep education in front of mind, not only for the consumer, not mm -hmm. only for the buyers, but for the distributorships, regardless of which one you go with, because the distributors don't really fully understand the category if you go to an alcohol house, because they've never had to. If you go to a yeah. food house, it's still going to be the same kind of, what do I do with this kind of uh, uh, conversation? Absolutely. So and think, we don't even have to go yeah. back 200 years. Um, just no. 10 years ago with mezcal, it was the same thing. Yeah. yeah. What is it? Smoky tequila? Is this what this is? <laughs> oh, I don't know if people Why are going to so want expensive this. expensive when I can buy a $13 <laughs> right? bottle of tequila? 
<laughs> right? Oh, oh, oh. I feel like both of us could make a whole season on just that talk. I know. Um, yeah, so I think distributorships are important. Who you who you choose to distribute your products is important. Um, and making sure that your, your product is represented uh, regardless of who you go with. Yes. Uh, whether it's a book that has 25,000 products or a book that has a couple of hundred or a couple of dozen, it uh, doesn't matter. You you as a supplier have to, this this bottom-up mentality, you have to start at the base and make sure everybody understands it so that once it goes up the ladder, bartender can talk to beverage director that can talk to food and beverage director that can talk to owner or management or something. So, okay. Um, I think we've kind of got that one under control quite a bit. Um Let's talk about what everybody's favorite topic, uh, raising capital. So it doesn't matter if you're a brand that's been around four or five years um, in, in the alcohol or non-alcohol space. Uh, it, you could be making something like a backpack. You still got to raise capital if you decide to put something in, into production. Um, have you gone through any of those rounds? Do you have experience going through any of those rounds? Is there anything people should look out for? Well, we're, we're in the middle of going through that right now. Um, we're okay. from, from um, inception, we've been a completely 100% bootstrap brand. Um, so we, right. we started out, Jazz started out as a concept while I was at UVA at Darden um, doing my MBA. Mm. Um, and so we kind of launched with these pitch competitions and we, we started building um, very organically just, you know, doing an MVP and then going from there for our first commercial batch and, and self-funding all of that. Last year um, was a year of, of a lot of market testing and just really refining what what that that messaging is of, of what the jazz brand actually means. And, and mm -hmm. so this year we're kind of coming off, um, going in, into the races, as they say, and, and we're raising our first friends and family round. Um, and, okay. and we're going to start, um, just, just tapping into our, our immediate network, um, and branching out. We just came back from mindful drinking fest, which we will, we will talk about. Um, and, and yeah, the, the reception we had there was just fantastic. We had a lot of people who just love the brand. They love the product. And, and so we're, we're moving forward with that momentum and, and raising capital to, um, fund our next inventory um, and expand the line because we have right now we have one signature product, um, which is the Paloma Libre, but we really want to expand mm -hmm. that into a whole cocktail line and, and, okay. and ultimately also um, come on um, into the market with a, with an agave alternative. Oh, very so, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Big plans. I like it. I like it. It's exciting. <laughs> I'm really glad that Mindful Drinking Fest was such a good thing. I, I, when Derek was like, "Are you, you're going to be there, right?" I was like, "Man, I, I wish, oh, I but I'm also going to be on a beach in Thailand." So <laughs> we wish we I, could I, be. I everywhere. really wish I could have been there. Yeah. Um, well, you've brought up a trade show with Mindful Drinking Fest, which it kind of, sort of, in a loose way, kind of, sort of is, um, and that. That's part of staying uh, in the forefront of um, buyers' minds because those are the people that are going to introduce you to consumers, right? So yeah. why don't we do our do? Let's go ahead and do our break because mm -hmm. this show, Tail Feather, that you're listening and or watching, is powered by Liars for its entirety of its first season. So we're going to do a commercial break real quick. Go talk to our friends over at Liars. They're going to have a fun little commercial that's plugged in here. Uh, and then when we come back, we're gonna get, we are going to continue this talk with 
Cecilia Rios Marietta. Alexa, show me how to make a cocktail without alcohol. Sure. Hey, welcome back, all you songbirds. Thanks for tuning in and watching that little clip from our friends over at Liars. We are powered by Liars, not alcoholic, for the entirety of this first season. Uh, we're back with Cecilia Rios Marietta. We are going to expand more on the trade shows. We're, we're talking about bringing brands to life. And when you think you're done, you're not really done. You're never really done is what I'm starting to learn here. So uh, what I would love to go into right now is more about trade shows, right? So trade shows can be very expensive, um, especially for startup brands. I've worked a ton of them with whiskey brands in the past, and it, it, it you, you have to choose the right ones, right? Because sometimes it's just a bunch of people trying your stuff, walking away, and you never see them again. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you get that click of bartenders that come in and, and try your stuff, and suddenly it's blowing up everywhere. Or you get that influencer. Man, we are in a weird world where I say that out loud. You get that influencer in where you – you get that view to like a million people by accident and suddenly you're on fire. And that's the kind of power the internet holds when we use it correctly. Yes. Right. So as we both come from the alcoholic side, we've seen the big ones. We've seen tails. We've seen BCB. We've seen, uh, the, the ba art basil down in Miami. We, we've seen all the, the massive shows, right? Um, Let's talk about your favorite trade shows, anything you've done recently, and maybe expand some more on uh, trade shows. Yeah. Um, well, um, like I said, we, we just came back from Mindful Drinking Fest, and mm -hmm. this is, again, part of the, the industry, right? We're, we're a new category. Everything's you know kind of coming together. All different players from, from the industry are, are experimenting and bringing to life new ideas. And, and within mm -hmm. that world, there's people who are creating trade shows as well. And, and so Mindful Drinking Fest started last year. We were there in DC um, for their first year. It was very consumer focused, but this year it was more, um, it was really more uh, intended for um, the industry people. So people who are, okay. who are new to the non-alcoholic industry, people who are part of the beverage industry. Um, we got, we had a chance to meet a lot of new retailers who are coming up and, and mm. creating, um, just launching and building these non-alcoholic bottle shops in Las Vegas and North Carolina, um, people from Texas as well. And, and it's really great. Wow. Um, I, I love trade shows because it's a chance to, um, connect directly with with people in the industry. Connect mm -hmm. with retailers. Connect with buyers. Connect with consumers at the same time. And 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 um, my co-founder Jamie will say it's it's bringing liquid to lips. Right? You get real in real life ex um, c contact with with your consumer base, and and you can see like their reactions to your product. They can see whether they like your brand or not in real time. And and so for me, it's the best it's the best data that we can get. Um, it's, it's just like, it's, it's great to kind of like bring your team and bring that whole brand ethos to life and, and also get mm -hmm. to meet other producers in the, in the industry. Um, I think that was one of the best things that I, that I loved about Mindful Drinking Fest was just meeting so many other brand owners who are in this with you. And you realize that, you know, we're all kind of doing our best. <laughs> so it, it's very easy to, to, to look at your competition from afar and see like what, like all their wins and you're, you're getting cut up and like, oh no, like, are we falling behind? But then when you're all together in the same room, it's like, oh no, we're all in this together. We're all really just these small players in this huge industry and, and, and we can help each other and collaborate. 
Um, yeah. And we should, right? Yeah. It's nobody. You can't walk alone in this business. It, it doesn't happen that way. Absolutely. I'm really glad to hear that that the Mindful Drinking Fest turned out so good, and that it it it's morphing into what it is. It's really exciting to hear that people from Vegas were coming out and yeah. and from Texas. That's that's really cool. That speaks volumes yes. uh, to something that's in its second year. Now that's yes, that's pretty absolutely. massive. So you mentioned um, a couple of things in there. Um, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say um, it reminded me a lot of like when we were in the alcohol industry and and we would all kind of get together in tales at, in New Orleans and mm -hmm. just come together, like everyone from all over the country and, and the world. Right. And you get to meet people and like see them again every year. So hopefully that's kind of like what it's going to become. And it's in D.C., which is my don't tell New Orleans this. It's my favorite city in the world. Uh, people from New Orleans watching, I didn't just say that. Um, it, it's such a great place. Uh, even in, even in January, it's such a great place. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, you, you mentioned something in your answer earlier that, uh, you get to see things in real time. You get real data. Uh, some of that's tangible, right? Because you're seeing liquid the lips, you are seeing the reactions, that stuff you can record. So there's tangibility about, mm -hmm. um, but when you look at the intangibles, untang intangibles? intangibles, we're going with the intangibles. Uh, when you look at the intangibles, which the secret sauce kind of lies in there, um, what do you think some of those are that people should pay attention to that they may not, you know, it's not proven data. It's not data that you can write down. What are things that people should be looking for that are intangible? Uh, that's a great question. Um, well, it's not proven data. Um, I, I think I think it's those. For me, it's it's those reactions um, that that we can. You you kind of you get a sense like some people cannot lie, right? Like they're just like they're there right. and right in front of you. They're they're taking that first sip, and if they don't like your product, they're just going to be like, mm, "All right, thanks, bye." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so, but if they like it, if they, if it, if it resonates with them, they're going to like come back and they're going to, they're going to circle around and they're going to want to talk to you. They're going to want to learn more about you. And, and so I think those moments for me are, are, are the best when, when, when you engage with people and, and they're just like lingering at your booth and, and they're just like, they just want to hang out with you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's really um, it's really rewarding to see that that you can create a brand that resonates that way with people where where they want to be a part of it and they want to join your journey. And and so that for me is like the biggest value that we get um, people coming back and saying, oh, my God, your booth is so great. Like they already did around the and they come back and they're just like, we love you. You're yeah. the best. <laughs> And, That's my and, favorite part is when they yeah. do a whole space and they come back to you. Exactly. And then you end up with like a 45 minute conversation about stuff about life. Like going back to that communal thing without sauce, without but still being communal. <laughs> it's crazy exactly. how that and works that's sometimes. That's what we want to do, right? We want to create those experiences yeah. that people will remember. And, and I think yeah. the best thing about, um, you know, like, what you want your consumers to take away is not only, oh, this t this product tasted good, but but it made me feel good, right? Like it made me feel exactly. good to be there. Yeah, one of my mentors used to say, I'm sure he still says it, we don't get to catch up as much as I'd like sometimes. People will never remember what you told them, but they will always remember how you made yes. them feel. 
And yes. I take that to heart so much out on the trail. Um, I think there's a few, like there's four or five pieces of advice that kind of just float around in my head all the time. And that's one of them. Another mm-hmm. one is, uh, that I love is, um, I was watching a stand up comedian, uh, a clip of him and he's, somebody asked him what the meaning of life was. And he's five words, enjoying the passage of time. And mm-hmm. I was just like, Oh, damn, that's that. deep. I'm like, I had to sit with it for a while. And I was like, I can do that now and enjoy a sophisticated beverage and it doesn't have to have alcohol in it anymore. Exactly. Like that's and you can remember that time. right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be present with it. Exactly. And then I no, can I understand that. how I made somebody feel. Um, <laughs> so let's look at, uh, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to ask this question. And I think, I think I will. So let's go back over to different types of trade shows, right? Cause mm-hmm. you've got the mindful drinking fest, which is uh non-alcoholic. Um, yes. There's one that was going to launch or is launching uh, in the EU. That's going to be kind of because alcohol laws differ across the world. It's considered no and low. So it'll have mm-hmm. like up to X amount of alcohol allowed in the product. Um, I think that'll be interesting. Uh, but then there's other uh, trade shows that people just like, there's trade shows for everything. Like everybody that's listening, there's, there's trade shows for plungers. I am 100% sure there's trade shows for plungers. There's yeah. trade shows for hats and, and light bulbs. Yeah. I'm sure of it. There's got to be. Yeah, there is. Uh, and they all happen in Vegas. I'm 100% sure of that. <laughs> um, but, or Houston. Um, the, uh, Things like Expo East, Expo West, mm-hmm. uh, the organic trade shows, the PX trade shows. Um, are those important to the non-alcoholic category at this point? That's a great question and something that we are currently considering. Um, I think I think they are. I think they're very important um, considering that most of our non-alcoholic brands that exist right now um, are also very, very tied into the natural space, right? Um, like we were talking mm-hmm. about distributorships. It's a, it's a, it's a similar question. Um, do we want to focus as a brand only on like the alcohol trade shows? Like, do we want, right. we are alcohol adjacent or do we want to go into the Expo West, the Expo East and all these natural other, um, events? I think yes. The answer is yes, definitely. Um, but, but for me, the question isn't like, do we want to is like when? Like when right. do we think we are ready for that? And right. and as you know, as, as some of, um, if your listeners don't know yet, but like these trade shows are very expensive. They are- Extremely expensive. Extremely expensive, not only to, to get a stand there, but also, um, you know, you gotta travel, you know, hotels during that time are super expensive. Everything just gets mm-hmm. blown out of proportion. And, and so you have to consider when, when thinking about these trade shows, we, we always think like, what is our end result? Like, what do we want to get out of this? And can we do it mm-hmm. in a different way? That doesn't mean we're going to spend $10,000 on, on a two day weekend. Um, and, right. and so, so for example, Expo West is coming up. It's, it's next month. We are definitely not uh. going to be, we're not, we're not going to be there in a stand physically. Um, but, uh, I'm going to be in the area and I'm going to get a chance to kind of, um, 
go to some events that are that are like satellite events, talk to talk to some buyers on yep. the outside, on the side. Um, and and so the, these are great ways to 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 make use of your um, if you're a, if you're a startup brand, like you have limited funds, you can still go and and perhaps not have to be showcasing, but you can still get a chance to connect and network with people. And so it really depends on like, where are you in, in this moment? as a brand, um, what your, what your goals are and like, what is the result that you want to get out of that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the gorilla marketing aspect of things, even though there are some shows we do a lot of events <laughs> that we attend that may frown upon it at times. I, I love you all still. Uh, yeah. but for, but having the type of fees that are associated with these things, especially the hotel fees, like those oh are, my gosh. I almost feel like we should start like a pop-up trade show and just pick, we all agree on it in a shadow somewhere and we all pick like Orlando in March when it's raining. We just pop up in Orlando, do a trade show <laughs> while the, the hotel's like, what the hell's going on? And then we yeah. disappear two days later and everything's yeah. normally priced. Um, I mean, Expo West is, yeah. is like literally during spring break in Anaheim next to Disneyland. Yeah. Like, how are yeah. you going to get a hotel there? <laughs> Yeah, it's it was a little different when I lived down there. It's it's very yeah. different for for the travel now. Like I'll be, I think I'm going to be in Seattle while that's going on, and I'm like, nah, I, I, that's Toby's world. Toby can go do that. Toby and Jacob, <laughs> that's all y'all. If you're watching, that's all y'all. I will be up, very comfortable where it's always green and wet. Um, well, can I ask you, is Liars going to have a, a stand yeah. there? Um, I don't know if we're doing Expo um, because I've been working with the global team so much and because of the time difference for the past six weeks, I haven't really gotten to catch up a whole lot with the U.S. team. Uh, I think that will change very shortly because uh, mm -hmm. I'll be back stateside for a while uh, in March. Looking okay. looking forward Great. to it. Um, yeah. And all you folks out in Seattle, Portland, Boise, uh, Whitefish, all those little little towns, Peppered across Pacific Northwest, I'm going to come see all of you, and then a whole lot of your hotels. Uh, so um, it's good to hear that you're you're picking and choosing the right ones, and making sure you're doing it in a cadence that aligns with the the growth of your brand. And I think that people listening could really benefit from understanding that you don't have to go whole hog on the the trail right from the get go. Yeah. Scale up, just like you start with your brand, you start with your MVP, you do your test batches, you do your friends and family, same thing with your fundraising, you're doing friends and family, then you go out into the world. I think keeping in mind, and just going back to a trade show, keeping in mind and understanding that it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. It's a marathon, uh, that yes. You can understand that when you come around that bend, uh, you're going to start running ultra marathons pretty soon. <laughs> uh, and that it's important that you pace yourself yes. uh, so that you can get through it without burnout. No, and, and this is one um, of the things that, that we yeah. learned um, through building the Mezcal brand. Um, you know, being being a second-time founder, you become a lot more um, sensible to, like, those decisions. And you don't make decisions mm -hmm. based on, like, just, like, a gut feeling, right? Like, like when I was a first-time founder, I would be like, oh, should we do this? I don't know. Like, it was a lot of testing and learning. And you yeah. spend a lot of resources that way. But now, like going in second time, like you can really be more mindful, you know, 
I love this word because it's really, it really <laughs> applies to everything. You can be mindful yeah. about what you want to spend your money on and always thinking about like what I'm going to get out of it and, and is it going to be worth it? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of mindful, think about mindful adjacent agent, uh, not agencies, industries, mindfully adjacent industries that the non-alcoholic space clicks into like a jigsaw puzzle. So if you're listening to this, approach your CrossFit boxes, approach your spin classes, approach your um, wellness, your yoga, your surf camps, stuff like this uh, will make a massive difference because word of mouth marketing is easily the best marketing. Yes. It's sticky. It has emotion behind it. And when somebody believes in your product and they're spreading the word to their friends about what it is you're doing or making or, or projecting out there into the world, um, they do it with integrity and they do it with honesty. And you can't buy that kind of, that kind of marketing. And with that, I'm going to throw you on the grill. You ready okay. for your impromptu? All right. All right. Speaking of adjacency, I forgot that I even wrote this question like this. <laughs> it's almost like I planned it. Uh, so you live in what I would consider a very decently fit city. Um, I used to live there for a little while. I'm not going to name that city. It's up to you. I don't want to draw on one at attention. So you live in a fairly decently fit city. Um, how has the reception been to non-alcoholic options at your favorite places to go inside of said city and how have the off-trade adopted non-alcoholic? We always talk about the on-trade, 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 on-trade. Mm-hmm. For those of you listening, that's bars, restaurants, cafes, pubs, uh, I said cafes already, places mm-hmm. where you commune to consume on the premise of where you are. Off-trade means retail, I bought it and I'm taking it somewhere to enjoy it, right? So getting back to your your grill question i'm throwing you on the grill i'm frying you up here's your impromptu how's the reception and non-alcoholic options at your favorite spots to visit and in how have the off-trade adopted them i think um well for those listening i'm in dallas <laughs> so um right yeah very fit i think People have, um, in like the retail spots that I visit regularly, I have always found some non-alcoholic options. Um, uh, beer is, is super big. Actually, I just had a very pleasant visit to Whole Foods, um, on Saturday and I got a new non-alcoholic, uh, rosé that I had not seen. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. I can't remember the name, but it has like flowers on the label. Um, and it's German and... And I saw Tsing Tao. I saw zero Tsing Tao beer, which made my day because I used to drink Tsing Tao. And it was like, it was like this thing that I had with my best friend. And now they have Tsing Tao beer. And so the, I will say the non-alcoholic beer section has exploded at the whole, at least at my local Whole Foods. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I want to say Athletic's their number five selling beer across their entire board now. Yeah. Athletic is, Athletic has like so many, um, just like facings, like they have. Uh, and I just discovered that they also make Daybreak, uh, which I did not know, which is this hot, hoppy hmm. water, very similar to the Lagunitas. Oh, um, but okay. but the, the Daybreak comes in different flavors. So they have they have a couple okay. of those facings and they had like, I don't know, Athletic covers like maybe half of the non-alcoholic, um, just like mm-hmm. the fridge. And um, there was Stella, 
the, the Liberté, which is also very good. Um, but I'm, I'm a big fan of just kind of buying new stuff when I when I see it. And um, the sink towel made me very happy. <laughs> that's amazing. I haven't even seen that over here. Um, yeah. That's that's pretty rad. Very yeah. cool. And beer's beer's a massive part of the not out thing. I mean, that's pretty much what's introduced the idea of it. 100%. Uh, to everyone else. Yeah. 100%. I'm really excited and, to see what wines and how they, they transform over the next few years. With wines the is still being kind developed. of, um, compared to beer, wine is still something that I see very sporadic. And um, I only see one or two SKUs every time I go in. Um, but mm. but the beer is definitely expanding. Um, local beers mm -hmm. also, um, I think Shiner came out with a with a non-alc as well. Mm -hmm. And um, and it's great. It's great to see because it, it creates awareness. It like we were talking about earlier, it creates that that space for for all of us yeah. to exist. Um, so my hopes is to like see the cocktails, the non-alcoholic cocktails right next to the beer. <laughs> so hopefully uh, we're working on it. We're working on if, it. If we if everything moves in cycle like it has been historically, yes. we're right we're behind it, like right behind <laughs> it. And that is going to bring us to uh, the plugs section of the show. We are starting the wrap up. Uh, we have talked about, uh, we're talking with Cecilia Rios Morietta. We've been talking about uh, startup life, bringing a brand to life, and that the job's really never 100% complete. And if you're expecting a job to be complete, you're in it to sell it. And maybe that's not the, the, the amount of integrity that a lot of people are looking for. So make sure that when you're coming with, uh, the spirit to give that you're giving in a communal aspect, right? So here's the point where I'm giving uh, the floor to you. Mention anything that you like. You've got a few, you've got a minute, two minutes, whatever you want on mentioning anything that you want to that you're working on. Speaking engagements, new projects, anything that you want the public to be aware of. All right. Well, thank you, Nick. Um, I guess... I mean, I'd love for people to to learn more about jazz. Um, our website is uh, drinkjazz.com and jazz is spelled J-A-S. Um, so very easy, drinkjazz.com. Go check it out. Go learn about our story, our, our founding story and follow us on Instagram. We, we are, um, like I said, we're launching new expressions this year. Um, we're going to we're going to start with a pilot program to um, send um, send our followers a, a little bit of tasting of what our new expressions are going to be. Um, so yeah, follow us, cool. subscribe to our email list, just join the journey and, 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 and join the jazz party uh, as we like to say. <laughs> right on. I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to try all the new stuff coming, uh, and be able to actually catch up with you hopefully at some point. Yeah, this year. I can't wait until you're in the U S it will be great. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate the time that we got to share here today. Uh, all you songbirds out there, you can find us, Tailfeather, at all your favorite podcast, podcast hosting sites. Eventually, I'll get that uh, phrase down correctly. Whether that's Apple, Spotify, RSS, uh, we're on a ton of them out there. Uh, iHeartRadio. Um, you can find us there. You can also find us on YouTube at the Tailfeather channel. That's T-A-L-E-F-E-A-T-H-E-R uh, on YouTube. It's got a really funky banner. If you see that, that's us. Uh, one good thing, that's something I've been doing in between the episodes. I'm moving that over to TikTok. So join the Tailfeather channel on TikTok to get one good thing. That'll happen every other Tuesday, just like it was, but on TikTok because the content's a little smaller and I don't want to do a published thing uh, to have to, to go through this. Uh, it's a lot of work. 
Uh, so without any further ado, thank you to all you songbirds out there for tuning into the nest and listening to what we have to share with you, both myself, Nick, and my friend Cecilia. We'll see you next time. That's a wrap. Put a feather in my cap from the nest. See ya. Adios. Bye, Cumbios. All that good stuff. I also don't know how to say bye and tie yet, but I'll know by the time I see you next time. See ya. <laughs> the Liar's Non-Alcoholic Pink Spritz. I taste the world through rose-colored glasses. Delicious. Stay spirited. Make it a liar's.